That's us around here, keeping our heads to the sky. You're listening to Tavis Smiley, and we are delighted to have you hanging out with us today. So join us and keep your head to the sky. Sounds of blackness and sounding good. In this hour and for the hour, professor and chair of the Department of Africana Studies at Cal State Long Beach and the creator of Kwanzaa, Dr. Malana Karenga. Dr. Karenga, how are you today, sir? Good. I'm glad to be on the program again. It's good Thank to, you for reaching out. Thanks so much. No, 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 Always no. Good. Always good to talk to you. Good to have you on. And I'm glad we have an hour. Um, we, we need an hour to unpack all the stuff that's happening in the world that I'm sure that you, right. are, that you want to sound off on. And I want you to sound off on <laughs> in this hour. Let me start with this and we'll work our way through this hour. Uh, I know that every year, and I, and I want to, let me just do this. I'll, I'll tell you where I want to go initially here. So just work with me and then I'll give you the, I'll give you the runway. Uh, but okay. uh, the first two things I want to do, one, uh, is to ask you to share with me what the theme is. I know that every year you have a theme. There is a theme for Kwanzaa every year. One, I want to ask what that theme is. And then secondly, uh, I always want to be respectful of those who may be listening to this program for the first time, may be hearing you for the first time on this program, or those who may not know the backstory of how Kwanzaa came to be. So I want just I want to take a, a few minutes here to let you tell the backstory of how you created Kwanzaa, which is celebrated uh, again around the world now. Uh, but you are the creator of it, so we'll, I want to hear the the creation story, as it were, in a moment. But first, tell me what the theme is that you've uh, chosen for Kwanzaa this year. Okay, uh, on this 57th anniversary of Kwanzaa, we've, I've chosen the theme uh, the, and for the founder's message, Kwanzaa, Freedom, Justice, and Peace, Principles and Practices for a New World, because we're always struggling for a new world where everybody can be free, everyone can have justice, and we can have peace in the world for the well-being of the world and all in it. So that's the thing. Okay. So we're going to unpack that this hour. Uh, notions of freedom, notions of justice, uh, and notions of peace. And I, I think uh, this, artist, this artist is pretty smart. Uh, they can already imagine some of, the t- some of the ground, some of the territory, some of the terrain that we are going to traverse in this hour. Just given those three words, freedom, justice, and peace, we're going to unpack all of that. As we move through this hour, now uh, tell me, tell me once again briefly uh, at, uh, the story, uh, the backstory of how you came to create Kwanzaa. Okay, well, thank you. I created Kwanzaa in the midst of the Black Freedom Movement, and I was a doctoral student at U- UCLA, mm-hmm. and we we all of us started talking about in the Black Student Union, what are we going to do with this knowledge and. Uh, Dr. Mary McClavethune has said, you know, knowledge is the prime need of the hour, but people want to know what you're going to do with your knowledge. So the question was, what do we do? And she said, it's up to us to use our knowledge for human good. It's up to us, she said, quote, to discover the dawn and then share it with our youth and uh, the masses of our people who need it most. And so what is very important for us is to take this knowledge and realize knowledge is not simply knowledge for knowledge's sake. Knowledge is for human sake. How do we improve our present and imagine a whole new future? And as we say, forge it in the most ethical, effective, and expansive way. So I left uh, my doctoral studies. I joined the movement. I began to develop my philosophy, Kawaida, out of which I created Kwanzaa and its seven core principles, 
in Guzo Saba, and I developed and founded my organization, Us, mm-hmm. uh, along with uh, seven other founding members. But, you know, I called them to my house, and we always do things like that. Called them to our house and, and laid before them the seven principles and what I thought we should be doing in the wake of uh, the martyrdom and assassination of Haji Malcolm. And I would mm. just like to interrupt this to say, uh, one of the things that we have to do is always talk about our history in dignity-affirming ways. Mm-hmm. So I say, we say martyrdom and assassination. Assassination is what the enemies of Malcolm and us and human freedom did. But the question is, what did Haji Malcolm do? He gave his life so that we could live fuller and more meaningful one. So we... We we know the assassination, but we've got to struggle, deal with martyrdom, the martyrdom of Haji Malcolm, the martyrdom of Dr. King, right? And so I think it's very important for us to talk about what the people who gave their lives for us meant to us and why they made the decision to go on, even when, even when everybody thought, well, maybe not everybody, many people thought they should back back. I mean, you, you have a right to save your life. Mm-hmm. But the question is, saving it under what terms? Hold right? that thought, hold if that thought, hold, hold that thought, hold, he's he warming up. <laughs> saving it under what terms? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about martyrdom. I'm going to get the rest of this Kwanzaa story and how he came to create these principles before we jump too deep in this hour. I just want you to understand the backstory. It's 57 years of celebrating Kwanzaa, but how did Kwanzaa come to be? You're hearing it from the creator, Dr. Milana Karanga, on Tavis Smiling. Hope, agency, dignity. This is Tavis Smiling. Can you dig it? Come on! This- more of this rich dialogue with Tavis Smiling. Dr. Milana Karenga is our guest in this hour. Uh, you know him, of course, as the uh, creator of Kwanzaa, uh, now being celebrated in its 57th season. Uh, professor, of course, and chair of the Department of Africana Studies at Cal State University, Long Beach. Uh, we will talk uh, in this hour, Dr. Karenga, about martyrdom. Uh, I've got that note. We'll talk about freedom and justice and peace, the theme of Kwanzaa in this 57th season. Uh, but finish telling me the story uh, of, of those seven principles and how you came to create uh, that. Yes. So, pretend what you've said, if I'm saying correctly, just to add the other context, is I'm in an organization. I'm the executive director of the African American Culture Center, us, and the organization, us. Us mm-hmm. means us. And we stress us to stress the people and our commitment to the people and our opposition to those who would oppress the people. So, us. And so, I, 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 I created it, uh, first of all, by leaving. That my uh, school and beginning with leaving UCLA and mm-hmm. working on my doctorate and then beginning serious research that I'd already started in UCLA, but I'm, I'm, I'm asking how can I help the movement? Keep in mind that Kwanzaa is created in the context of the movement. And so what I do is dialogue with African culture, and I have not moved from that. I believe that one of the most important things we can do today it's a dialogue with African culture. African, I mean, both the continent and the world are uh, African communities, mm-hmm. right? And so what I did was ask what are some of the fundamental principles and practices that held these societies together, gave them their humanistic and advanced world-encompassing view. Mm-hmm. And I asked, can I incorporate that in a program of practice for us in our struggle, because I'm in the struggle. The struggle is, 
is there. At this time, 65, we're, ma- we're going into a transition from the civil rights uh, section of the black freedom movement, the, the civil rights phase, I should say, mm-hmm. which was from 55 to 65, and the black power phase, which is from 65 to uh, 75. And so I participated in the civil rights uh, phase, but I also take um, opposition to people who want to call the whole black movement the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. It's not. Mm-hmm. The whole black movement is the black freedom movement. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to stress here, is that we were struggling for freedom. As Haji Malcolm said, to just talk about civil rights, that's like we're just petitioning the government. But we were struggling for rights that we were born with, what he called God-given and natural rights. And I'm writing a book on him. I'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. But we were struggling for natural right, the right to be free. It's a human right. It's not a civil right. It's a human right. Mm. The right to have security of person, right, and people, that's a natural right. No one gives us that. We have that by birth. And so we fought for civil rights, but we were fighting for freedom. Let's listen to this. We had freedom songs, not civil rights songs. We had freedom schools, not civil rights schools. We had freedom <laughs> rides, not civil rights rides. Rescue me if I'm wrong. So what they've done, though, uh, uh, is they have limited the scope. But people in the world know our scope. They borrow our moral vocabulary and our moral vision and pose our struggle as a model, whether in Africa, Latin America, the Chinese democratic struggle, the Eastern European freedom struggle, the Palestinian uh, liberation struggle, right, the Arab Spring. They sang our songs, borrowed our moral vocabulary, and posed our struggle, I repeat, as a model to emulate. And so we must not reduce our struggle to a local one. It's a world encompassing struggle mm. that advances the realm of freedom, not only in this country, but in the world. Yeah. Because we are key people, we are key people in a key country. And our liberation would not only free this country from the grotesque grasp of racism and capitalism and all those other isms that constrain human freedom, but it would actually expand the realm of human freedom in the world. Mm. That's the beauty of it. And I don't want us to ever lose the fact that we are more and social vanguard of special mission, given the meaning of blackness in a racist society, mm. in a pathological, pathogenic racist society, right? And this is what all of our great people have told us. If you, and I know uh, uh, Nana Martin Luther King is a favorite of yours, but what did he tell us when he first took over the uh, uh, Montgomery uh, Movement Association? Uh, what did uh, what did he tell us? He said, let us so, this is the first night he takes mm-hmm. leadership, let us so struggle that years from now, historians will have to say that there lived a great people, a, great people. a black people, mm-hmm. a black people mm-hmm. who through their struggle in, injected a new moral meaning and morality in the veins of civilization. This is our challenge and overwhelming responsibility. Yeah. And at the end of his life, at the end of his life, he reminded us of our moral and social vanguard role. He said, I might not get that, but you will. Mm-hmm. And he assumed we were going to fight, strive, and struggle to get there. We have a special mission in history, and I don't want us to ever forget that. Yes. So Kwanzaa incorporates that mission. So I not only dialogue with books and reading, I dialogue with my own members inside the organization, yeah. and we discuss certain things. I'm but gonna, in the final analysis, oh, I'm sorry. No, and, and, and I'm sorry, in the final analysis, finish your thought, finish your thought. 
Yeah, in the final analysis, I had to sit down and write these things down, mm-hmm. conceptualize these things. With all the research I'd done, I had to make meaning. All the conversations I had, I had to make meaning of it. Mm-hmm. And so I first created the Nguzo Saba, right? That was the principles for practice in liberational struggle, because we're about liberation now. We're about freedom, mm-hmm. right? And I created a holiday for four basic reasons. Number one, to reaffirm our rootedness in African culture, because we had been lifted out of our own culture, as I've said so many times, mm-hmm. and made a footnote and gotten casualty in other people's culture. And so what we needed to do, as Amikar Kabra, Nana Amikar said, we had to return to our own history and culture, right? What we say in, in our organization, us in Tawahita philosophy, my philosophy, that's also, I created that during that time. We say we must be ourselves and free ourselves. And we can't free ourselves unless we be ourselves. But we can't fully be ourselves until we fully free ourselves. Mm-hmm. So there's an interaction all the time there, mm-hmm. right? we got to be ourselves. To be ourselves without penalty, punishment, or oppression, right? And to free ourselves from what? Domination, deprivation, and degradation. So second, I created Kwanzaa in order for us to have a time all over the world to come together and meditate on the awesome meaning I'm being African in the world. What does it mean to be the fathers and mothers of humanity, the elders of humanity and of human civilization, to have introduced some of the basic disciplines of human knowledge in the Nile Valley civilizations and taught the world who's good and beautiful and to made an, a, an enormous contribution to the forward flow of human history? And what does it mean to be the sons and daughters of the Holocaust of enslavement? What does that mean? That means... And, Nana Harriet Tubman told us, we have a commitment to be free or die, that we must struggle to be free, and that if we get tired, we have to keep going. If we get hungry, we got to keep going. If we get scared, we got to keep going. Mm. And, if we want to test, and if we want to test freedom, she said, we got to keep going. So it's that persistent, righteous, and relentless struggle to expand good in the world, right? We're always for Tavis. African and human good and the well-being of the world and all in it, right? And we don't move away from that position. And we move that as black people. We don't have to disguise ourselves. No one else does. Why do we have to explain black away? You know, we have to be, we have to be serious about it. That's what, that's what Nana Fanon meant when he said, when he said, we wear the mask. We have to take off the mask and be ourselves so we can free ourselves. And then third. And so, you know, uh, this holiday, this Pan-African holiday, celebrated on every continent in the world by millions throughout the world African community. Mm-hmm. So that's a beautiful thing, uniting us in ways no other holiday or philosophy does. Mm-hmm. Third, I, I, I created uh, Kwanzaa in order to introduce, as I said earlier, the Nguzo Saba, but also the communitarian values that are attached to that mm-hmm. philosophy, that Kawita philosophy. And when I say community, I mean values that stress and strengthen family, community, and culture, and make us always think in harmony with each other. Not any kind of harmony, but a principled, purposeful, and practical harmony. One that teaches us to value each other in special ways, right? To understand that we're the ones who taught the world that humans are in the image of God, that they are bearers of dignity and divinity. I mean, it's early 2140 B.C. in the book of Keti. Keti says to us in the Husea, 
the sacred text of ancient Egypt. He was in the image of God, came from his very person. And that there's certain things we should not do to ourselves, nor allow others to do, for fear of violating that sacred spat. And Jenny says to Pharaoh, we can't experiment on even a nameless prisoner, because they are the noble images of God, and they are bears of dignity, shepesu. And that dignity is an inherent worthiness that is uh, transcendent, that is beyond all social and biological characteristics like race and class and gender and sexuality Mm -hmm. and age and ability, and that is equal in all and that is inalienable. So that's what I mean about us being a moral vanguard. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking of these things as I'm creating, right? And I want to put these values there. And I said at the heart of these communitarian values must be the Nguzo Saba, and they are in Swahili and in English, and even putting them in Swahili, is to create a different kind of consciousness. Umoja, unity. Kujichagalia, self-determination. Ujima, collective work and responsibility. Ujamaa, cooperative economic. Nia, purpose. Kuumba, creativity. Imani, faith. So, and then finally I created, of course, I should have put this at first, <laughs> to contribute to the Black Freedom Movement, to yeah. advance it. Mm-hmm. And so we've been always concerned with liberation. We said liberation is coming from a black thing. Yeah. That no matter how numerous, no matter how numerous or sincere our allies are, those who would be free must strike the first, the final, and decisive blow. Mm. Kwanzaa is a celebration of family, community, and culture. And it all asks us to commit ourselves to struggle, to honor, and to give the conditions and capacities for our family and our community and our culture to grow and flourish so that we can develop ourselves, defend ourselves, advance ourselves, and come into the fullness of ourselves. So if you've never heard the story, the backstory for how and why Kwanzaa came to be 57 years later, now you know. Uh, there's your in-depth response. <laughs> there's your in-depth answer uh, to how Dr. Milana Karenga created Kwanzaa again, now being celebrated for the 57th year. You heard him say earlier, he got on a roll, and I, I've, in, in, we, we've had this conversation many times over the course of my career and his, so I, I know how to stand down when he gets started. I'll just, I jump in when I need to, but I stand down when he's on a roll explaining stuff because he does it so beautifully, but uh, I always get tickled. He knows this. I say it to him all the time. The very first time I met uh, Milana Karenga many, many years ago, I'd heard him, I'd heard his voice on tape before I actually met him. And he said something in that tape that was shared with me that just made me jump out of my seat. Uh, and every time I hear him say it, uh, I, I literally about jump out of my seat again. And I love this phrase. He gets going. He'll say, somebody rescue me if I'm wrong. Somebody rescue me if I'm wrong. And I love that line. Rescue me if I'm wrong. Uh, that's that, that's Malata Karanga's line. And I love it. <laughs> I have found myself using it every now and then. But it's, it's a cold line. Somebody rescue me. If I'm wrong, I love it. I love it. I love it. So let me, let me, let me ask. <laughs> oh, I love that line. Somebody rescue me if I'm wrong. It's got a black preacher edict written all over it. I just love it. I love it. Rescue me if I'm wrong. Uh, 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 so let me ask you this. That's, a, that's an honor. If that's so, that's an honor to my father, who's a minister. Oh, yeah. Right? I, I, very, I, yeah. very learned and deep, deep, deep spiritual. 
a meaning uh, minister, and so was my mother. Yeah. So I, I accept that, but usually I correct people and say, I'm from the Malcolm tradition. No, I get I'm it. from the... You made it clear. You made it clear, man. You, but, but, but Malcolm was a minister himself. I didn't say what kind of ministry. I just said a minister. That's well, all I'm saying. Yeah, that's right. He's in that. He's in. He's you know, in that. I'm, he's in that I'm, tradition. I'm, I'm conceding to you, Kevin. You know, you got the right heart. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I respect that. I respect that, and I meant no disrespect right. by that by that comment. Not oh, at all. Well, you, know, you know, I don't take it that yeah, way. Yeah. With you, I mean, we pass that. Yes, sir. You know yes, that. sir. When yeah. we when we come forward, I'm just watching my time here. When we come forward, now that we've laid the groundwork uh, and, and laid the, we we've set the table for how Kwanzaa came to be. Uh, how he created it, when we come forward, we'll spend the, the last half hour, the next half hour, addressing and breaking down the theme of Kwanzaa on this 57th season. The theme, as you heard him say, is about freedom and justice and peace. And I've got some questions about that. What does the fight for freedom, the fight for our freedom, look like to Dr. Milana Karenga uh, in this present moment uh, in late modernity? We'll talk about that. Justice, Lord Jesus, uh, whether you're talking justice in the Middle East or anywhere else, how is he seeing the frame of justice right about now? Uh, and somebody said, let there be peace on earth. But where? There seems to be no peace on earth right about now uh, during this holiday season. So we're going to interrogate all three of those key words in this year's theme, freedom, justice, and peace. But the creator of Kwanzaa, Dr. Milana Karenga, somebody rescue me if I'm wrong. You listening to Tavis Smiley. What's your quarrel with the world? You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Sounds, Sounds different. different. Huh. This is Tavis Smiley. It sounds different because it's Dr. Milana Karenga. He always has his own unique voice, uh, his own unique style, and uh, I love it. Somebody rescue me if I'm wrong. Our guest is professor and chair of the Department of Africana Studies at Cal State University, Long Beach. And Dr. Karenga, you'll be happy to know for all the times we've uh, conversed on this program and, and elsewhere, I'm getting all kinds of comments on our social media platforms of how grateful people are uh, to have learned finally uh, more of the backstory of how you created Kwanzaa. So I'm glad I asked that question because people are learning, as am I, about how this uh, holiday now in its 57th season came to be. So you should uh, be happy to know that people are, are thrilled to have learned more about the origins of Kwanzaa from the creator. Uh, and I, I consider it a blessing, uh, as always, to have you on this program. Uh, let me just offer some breaking news. Uh, I, I want to get to freedom and justice and peace. And moments ago when I said, whether in the Middle East or elsewhere, uh, notions of justice and notions of peace and notions of freedom abound in this holiday season. And now we get this breaking news. I've been asking on this program for a long time. When is Joe Biden, when is President Biden finally going to see the light? When will he finally use the phrase ceasefire? Uh, when will he finally call for de-escalation? He hasn't quite done that yet. But breaking news reported by The New York Times literally moments ago. Israel is losing support, says Joe Biden. We're buffing Netanyahu's plans for post-war Gaza. Uh, let me just read the first paragraph or so uh, of this article. A divide between Israel and the U.S., its closest ally, burst into the open on Tuesday as President Joe Biden warned that Israeli leaders were losing international support for their war in Gaza and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu rejected out of hand the American vision for a post-war Middle East. 
what that what they're talking about here is that Bibi Netanyahu has made it clear that the Palestinian Authority will have no role. He wants them to have no role in Gaza the day after Hamas, as he puts it. The day after Hamas, he wants uh, the Palestinian Authority to have no role uh, uh, in, 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 in Gaza. And that does not sit well with the Biden White House. And so Joe Biden has finally come out and said publicly that Israel is losing support for its war. He ain't said ceasefire yet. He hasn't said de-escalation yet. He ain't stopped sending checks yet. But he's finally come out and said that Israel is losing support in this country and around the globe for its war. That's a big, big deal, given how stalwart he has been standing next to and defending B.B. Netanyahu. I yield to the gentleman from Cal State University, Long Beach, for his response. Appreciate what you said, if I understand correctly. We would not be in this position today if Joe Biden had told Israel, no, don't go, and said it publicly. He went over there and embraced the guy in a book, bear hug. Everybody says this, so it's not like I'm coming new. And he signed the death warrant, the death warrant of close to 20,000 Palestinians. Israel, no, it's not killing Hamas people. Hamas couldn't keep running if they killed them. The reality is that all of these people are civilians. The ones they lined up and humiliated with their pants off. What kind of sex and freakism is that? Why do we have to humiliate the people uh, sexually? And also in a gender manner. Why, why do you have to do that? They do the same thing, strip the women in, in prison. You know, we have reports of rape of the little boys in prison. We got to quit all of that. And, and both Joe Biden co-signed that kind of conversation. 20,000 people killed, 50,000, right, wounded at least. We don't even know how many killed because they're under the rubble. We talked about destruction, intentional, wanton destruction of homes and hospitals and heritage sites. Why are you bombing out a thousand-year-old church? Why one of the oldest churches in the world is in Palestine? And they bombed it. And what about the mosque and all these heritage sites? And then the whole neighborhood's bombed out. Whole families destroyed, generations. Schools, mosques, churches, emergency vehicles, food and water system, sanitation system, power and energy system. And Biden, he wants to argue that, hey, you know what? These are casualties of war. You know, he said that. I mean, can you imagine somebody say something as immoral and sick and amoral as that? And besides, saying, oh, uh, no, notice how they talk about killing other people. He wouldn't do that if it were the Jews being killed in that number. Or even few on campus, right? Look at the right wing trying to uh, stop um, uh, the presidents from upholding freedom of expression. Mm-hmm. How can we have a college? I'm a professor. The white boy is not going to tell me what to say on campus. Mm. I mean, I'm just, uh, hey, rescue me if I'm wrong. I'm telling you, <laughs> this is a reality. This is a reality that they're trying to create a kind of cancel culture. They're the ones who always blame the left for doing that. But they're doing it. The right wing is doing that. And look, what Biden said, listen to what you said he said. Israel is losing support. Not Palestinian babies are being disconnected from uh, their, their uh, incubators. Not dialysis patients dying for lack of fuel to get to that. And call, he called that self-defense. How is killing babies and whole populations? How is that 
self-defense. Self-defense could have been, uh, in fact, uh, the 15,000 uh, uh, Palestinian uh, fighters that they said they killed. And, you know, even though they said 1,200, you know it was 350 soldiers, right? 850 civilians. And I'm against, just to let you know, I'm against the killing of civilians. I can't make the argument I'm making now for Palestine and Palestinians, but I don't at the same time say those Israeli civilians shouldn't have been killed. Exactly, right? exactly. That, we, can, we, we cannot stand for that. We have, to, we have to be morally consistent. And what I don't like about white racist reasons is that they're morally selective. They want to give Israel a position it doesn't have, even for this country. Biden couldn't do what Netanyahu is doing. America couldn't do what Israel is doing. How did that, how do we flip that? They used to call that the uh, tail wagging the dog. Now, we, without American support, you and I both know Israel could not exist. That's just reality. And what Biden did the other day, vetoed against the whole world, the whole world. 13 people, 13 countries voted for it. He's the only one voted against it. Can you imagine that? What is that about? So that's no more sense. So uh, I don't even take that seriously. What he's doing trying to save Israel, trying to make, uh, make like, oh, we got to protect Israel's image. What we need to do is protect the lives of babies and children and women and men and the elderly and the yeah. disabled. Who, who would attack us? You know what? Attacking the Shiva Hospital, pretending somebody's there, then show us a calendar <laughs> that he says is the name of the names of uh, Hamas fighters. Hey, please! Mm-hmm. So the reality is that happened. You know, this happened before. In my article this week in the Sentinel, uh, called "Gaza, Guernica, Picasso, and Paul Robeson: Resisting Receptivity to the Ordinariness of Evil," and what Biden and Netanyahu. And the right-wing regime that's ruling Israel now wants us to do is to get used to and receive the ordinariness of, of the ordinariness of evil. Yeah. His well, evil. I'm sorry. Okay. No, I'm no, 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 you're, you're fine. The, the ordinariness, the ordinary, the ordinariness you said of evil. I, I take your point. Just watching my time here. Um, in case you've just tuned in, uh, what you are, are hearing is Dr. Milana Karanga, uh, professor uh, and uh, at Cal State and chair of the Department of Africana Studies at Cal State Long Beach, uh, is commenting, has been commenting for the past few minutes on this breaking news reported by the New York Times and others. Now, uh, Joe Biden has said publicly, this is a quote: Israel is losing support. That's a quote from President Joe Biden. Uh, he and Bibi Netanyahu are, are at odds now on what the post-Gaza, uh, uh, what post-Gaza, what post-Palestine should look like. Uh, Bibi Netanyahu wants no involvement from the Palestinian Authority. Uh, Joe Biden is not down with that. And so we finally have a disconnect between these two world leaders. Uh, and when the president goes on the record, president of our country goes on record and says that Israel is losing support, uh, that uh, that rift is going to be dissected uh, for days to come. And now there'll be a great deal more conversation about what happens next, uh, that the president has gone on record uh, and um, and said publicly to the world that Israel is losing support for its war in Palestine. More with Dr. Milana Karanga, the creator of Kwanzaa, when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. Interrogating and unpacking. That's what we do around here. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Ready to re-examine your assumptions and expand your inventory of ideas? More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. 
Dr. Karanga, watching my time is getting tight on me here. We were just talking, of course, about the fight for freedom and justice and peace uh, in the Middle East. Uh, again, in case you've just tuned in, uh, there is some breaking news uh, uh, regarding uh, the uh, uh, the war in the Middle East. Uh, and uh, Joe Biden, our president, of course, and Bibi Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel, are now out in the open. Uh, there are some public divisions. Uh, these divisions have now gone public uh, about uh, the uh, post-war uh, plans uh, for uh, Palestine, uh, for Gaza. So uh, that's that. Uh, we were talking about that a moment ago, Dr. Crane. I want to just, again, watching my time come closer to home and ask you how you read in this present moment the black freedom struggle, the black fight for freedom. Well, first of all, let's start with our fundamental principle given to and thanks for allowing that conversation because you know a lot of people are afraid to even have oh, that yes. conversation oh, yes. and i think it's important for black people to reaffirm their role as a critical social and moral vanguard in this country and they have to remember their history this is our duty we say to know our past and honor it to engage our present and improve it and to imagine a whole new future and to forge it in the most ethical effective an expansive way, keeping ethics at the forefront, mm. okay? And so we start from our foremother, uh, Anna Drew Cooper, who said, we take our stand on the solidarity of humanity, the oneness of life, and the unnaturalness and injustice of all favoritism, whether of sex, race, condition, or country. We start with that. And then we ask ourselves, how do we, in fact, organize ourselves because there is no substitute for an aware, organized, and engaged people mm. constantly involved in a multiplicity of activities to define, defend, and advance their interests. And then we have to develop a black agenda. And I think that a black agenda is isolation and separation or inferior to the white. In fact, our agenda is always inclusive of everyone. It's the European that did the exclusive uh, agenda from the founding of the country and the Constitution to right now mm. is what he's doing. So it's important to us to keep that freedom struggle going. Yes. And I just wanted to say that, you know, I have to say this. We're going to do freedom. Freedom has to be an inclusive and shared good. Hold, 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 hold that good. thought. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Um, you answered my question about that, that, that first part, about the black struggle. I'll let you finish your thought about freedom when we come forward in our remaining moments. Dr. Milana Karanga, you're listening to Tavis Smiley. For all the freedom-loving folk, this is Tavis Smiley. I feel like freedom. Twin. Who do you trust to get at the truth? Tavis Smiley. Smiley. That's who. The conversation continues right now. I've got three minutes left, Dr. Karenga. I will shut up and give all three minutes to you to finish your thoughts about freedom, justice, and peace as we celebrate Kwanzaa 57 years in. Thank you so much. I just wanted to quickly say freedom to be good, justice to be good, peace to be good, has to be a shared good for everyone. And that means that the Palestinians, the, the uh, Haitian people, and all other Africans everywhere, the Rohingya, Burma, the Uyghurs of China, and everybody else that's oppressed, all the oppressed struggling people need to be free or we'll never succeed. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King said it, just, uh, just, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere, and so is freedom. So I tell you, continue the struggle, keep the faith, hold the line, love and respect our people and each other, Practice in Guzo Saba. 
seek and speak truth, do and demand justice, be constantly concerned with the well-being of the world and all in it, and dare help rebuild the overarching movement that prefigures and makes possible the good world we all want and deserve to live in and leave as a legacy worthy of the name and history of Africa. And I end by wishing you all this Kwanzaa greeting. We wish you all the good that heaven grants, the earth produces, and the waters bring forth from their death. Happy Kwanzaa to all of y'all. Head is our Kwanzaa. Mm. That was beautiful, beautiful. I got a few seconds left, so I got to, you know me, I've already got questions. If I got time, I got questions. Let me, I, I love that, I love that close. Let me just ask you right quick, though. Um, what your takeaway is, you mentioned this earlier, uh, what your takeaway is from the martyrdom of Malcolm and Martin? Right. Haji Malcolm said to us, thanks so, Haji Malcolm said to us, that it's a time for martyrs, and we must be willing to give our lives for freedom mm. and justice and equality. And when we give our lives, we can give our lives in two ways. We can give our life as death, or we can give our lives as work, self-sacrifice or work that might not end in death. For example, uh, Nana Harriet Tubman and Nana Fenton Wayman, they sacrificed their lives, but they kept living, but they made their lives available. They risked death mm. to do what they did for us. So they are martyrs that did not die, but nevertheless sacrificed their life. The ultimate sacrifice is what we talk about when we talk about the sacrifice of Haji Malcolm and Nana Dr. Martin Luther King. Nana Haji Malcolm and Nana Dr. Uh, Martin Luther King. That's what we mean. Giving your life. And sacrifice, mm. when we talk about sacrifice, we talk about self-giving. Giving first your heart and mind. Second, your time. Third, your effort. Fourth, your material uh, 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 um, possession. And finally, mm. giving the whole of yourself. Yes. Because you know this is good that you're dedicating your life to. Dedicate your life to good. For it is written in the sacred, O do Ifa, that we are divinely chosen to bring good into the world mm. and not let any good be lost. Dr. Karenga, um, uh, now I close officially by saying to you, Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, thank you for once again giving us the opportunity to uh, to get inside that that brilliant mind of yours uh, and to have you share with us the backstory of Kwanzaa, uh, but moreover to, uh, to, to, to comment on uh, the trending topics that are, that are happening and taking place even as we speak, uh, breaking news even in this hour. So, again, thank you for your time. Happy Kwanzaa to you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Happy, happy Kwanzaa to you, and thanks for the good work you're doing, Kevin. You are kind. All the best to you.